0: See if I still remember how to do this. welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> guess who's back? I guess you know if you're listening to this. Welcome to another episode of In My Own Words. Talk to a I see the, the Mace. getting wild for me. And all the pretty chicks all want to smile for me. These rap cats, man, they all got <laughs> their style me. And if I ever see them in the world, they probably they bound to me. To me. And when this beat... beat. Drop I know they call plane. Uh It's hard to we cut this off plain. Once you start playing it Mississippi to the Pastor mace from yeah. down. It's a good song It's strong enough That it's hard to turn it off But not strong enough For him to collect the offering You know what I mean? I'm the diamond chain choker Always remain sober uh. Don't drink liquor And all the games over uh. Be the plane I explained explain it to my Broker three the hood Top down And ain't over. You know this more man Where that come from Me and Kuda love okay it's a little easier to turn it off once he starts to sing like i love mace but once he starts to sing it's like ah okay i can turn it off now <laughs> welcome everybody to the in my own words podcast i'm your host tony r sanders so happy to be here with you guys we back that's the only way i could think of saying it that is we're back uh if this is your first time listening to the podcast welcome i appreciate you being here if you're watching on youtube welcome i appreciate you being here this is a podcast that i started in 2018 uh we did a couple episodes all the way up until right around when the pandemic started it was like february march of 2020 was one of the last episodes and uh i think it's appropriate to talk about why i stopped and why i'm starting again um and i don't want to spend a lot of time on this but i do think it's important to address especially for you longtime listeners who've been listening for the last two years uh now we're into 2021 first of all happy new year everybody i think that that's important to say uh i had to concentrate real hard right there not to say new years and <laughs> we it's only one new year right now right like it's just one new year it's 2021 not 2021 and some other years. So happy new year. Um, new Year's Eve, you can put the S on that because it belongs. It's I'm not gonna do a language class here. I'm not the guy. Um, but I wanna thank everybody who's been listening to this podcast for a long time and wondering like, oh, where that went. Here, Here is how I've been able to explain it to myself. I think it's important before you try to explain something to someone else, you understand it for yourself. And here is my explanation of what happened. I have so many ideas that I want to do that I want to get out into the world, right? And at different times, I feel like I can use my skill set in different capacities. I have different ideas. I want to talk to different people. I want to do things that may not fit the scope of what this podcast was created to do and to be. In my own words, I actually titled it that because I thought that it was broad enough for me to talk about anything. Uh, but what really happened is I talked about the things that I think about most or that I care about most or that I indulge in the most, which ended up being hip hop, sports and pop culture. Pretty much, right? It's like, it's pretty much my Twitter timeline is what I talk about on this podcast. And so the elements that I don't talk about as much that I enjoy, uh, but maybe I don't bring out or indulge in as much as the business side of things. I just I see them as one. I see them hand in hand. Obviously, I work a nine to five, and so I'm in business dealings in some capacity every single day. In addition to having my own business, so when I got into more of the business side of things and the the training side of things, and you know, kind of dealing with that world, I didn't I didn't feel like it fit the mold of what this show was created to be. And if you remember, there are a couple episodes where I interviewed some business people. There are a couple episodes that I did them with myself, and we talked about different business things. And I thought those were cool. Uh, I even debated about uh, taking those down or deleting them. And maybe I will in the future right now. They're still up. So if you go back to the previous episode, which I don't even know what numbers we're on anymore. (laughs) Uh, When I titled this episode in my uh, recording program, I just put in my own words, new <laughs> because I didn't know I still don't know what episode this is. Uh you'll know by the time you're hearing this, but I didn't know making this. And so um what it boiled down to to me was I have a network of ideas inside of me. And I've been seeing people do different things, and I don't want to say this to be cocky or arrogant, right? But I heard someone talk about one of the things that they're doing, and they said this is what I do. I love it. I, I enjoy it. And it's the only thing I'm good at. Right. And that made me laugh because I, I it was funny, but I also felt like they were being very honest. Right. It's like if I wasn't doing this, I don't know what I would be doing. I don't feel that way. And I'm cringing a little to even say that because I don't want this to sound arrogant. But I love to do a lot of things and I'm fairly good at the things that I choose to do. Right. So I don't have just a heart for business. I have a heart for stand up comedy and I love to do stand up comedy. I don't just have a heart for stand up comedy. I'm, I love in developing a passion for writing, uh, whether it's a TV show or sketches. I wrote and recorded my first sketch uh, ever, really, <laughs> with my son. It was a Call of Duty sketch. And it's probably the most popular thing on my TikTok page. Not probably, definitely the most popular thing on my TikTok page at the re, at the uh, the time of this recording. Uh, so I'm developing a passion for writing. I wrote a script for uh, a sitcom that I've already recorded some scenes of uh, with my family. And so I I got that going. I love to shoot and produce videos, whether it's for myself or for other people. I love getting a call saying, hey, we got this thing going on. We want you to come record it. I like doing that too and so um, I like having my own content ideas and not having to go to an extra outside source to be able to get those things done. I remember when I was doing music when I was rapping I would have these ideas every day but I never had enough beats and so it came to a point of time or I had some beats but they weren't the beats that I felt like I needed to make the song what it what I envisioned it to be and so It came a point in time where I started to make my own beats, and then I would make a beat, write the song, record it all within the same session. Now, the beats that I made weren't as great or as good as the producers I was working for, but they were there when I needed them. They were timely. And over time, I got better, and I was able to collaborate with those people in different ways. I feel the same way about producing content. I think if you check out my Instagram page or follow me on TikTok or YouTube or whatever, I think there's gonna be various levels of funny. I think it's gonna be various levels of quality. Sometimes I record something on the big camera. Sometimes I record it on my cell phone or wherever I can get it out. But the freedom to just be able to create and do and get the ideas out is something that I need. So I said that to say, I have a network of ideas inside of me and I need to be able to get all those ideas out. But as far as this show, I think that every network and every individual brand needs to have a staple or a mainstay show. And I think that's this for me. Like I have so much fun doing this show that I think I can keep everything that I wanna say uh, within the wheelhouse of this show. And when I feel like I need to do something different uh, as far as content, if I wanna do the business thing or I wanna do personal development or whatever, I can create that in an outside of another show Without abandoning or neglecting this show, right? And there's some other ways that I'm thinking about doing it and some other things in the future that honestly I haven't quite figured out yet. But that's why I stopped doing the show. That's why I'm back doing it again. I've never had content that I created that was more fun than I did on this show. And people used to watch it and hit me it like, it seems like you're really having fun. Like it doesn't seem like you're acting like you're having fun. I'm like, no. I'm really having fun. <laughs> I love being able to do this show. And so I'm super glad that we are back to this show. Uh, speaking of doing this show before, there's one of my favorite segments. We had segments on the show. We had a wow awards. Uh, we're not doing it this episode, I don't think, but we have some coming back. We have the two word reviews where we reviewed music albums. Uh, I'm going to do that, but slightly different this time. But one of my favorite segments on the show that I ever did was hate Mill hate mail is the part of the show where I go through and I look at comments from people on YouTube or on Facebook or wherever the case may be. And I just read some of the hateful comments that I receive from doing this show. Now, even ever since I stopped doing the show, I still watch my metrics, right? I look on YouTube, I see what's popular there. I look on Uh, Instagram Facebook I see what's popular there Uh, but one interesting thing is this no matter what video I post no matter what day it is no matter what month it is the same few videos are always the most popular videos on my YouTube channel and one of those most popular videos is the video where I talk about Beyonce being the goat where I talk about Beyonce being better than Michael Jackson now I will admit I am not a Beyonce fan. And I said this in the video, by the way. I'm not necessarily a Beyonce fan. I can't think of one album of hers that I've listened to front to back that didn't have Jay-Z on it. So the Carter's album, I don't think you count that because that had Jay-Z on it, and I only listened to it because Jay-Z was on it. Now, I will say that in reference to that, I enjoy that album thoroughly, specifically Beyonce's parts. Her singing, her rapping, everything is dynamic. I'm not... I don't I'm not a fan of hers just because I don't think she makes music for me. Not that the quality of music isn't good. Not that she's not amazing. Obviously, I made the video saying she's the GOAT. Not that she's not amazing. I just don't think she's making when she's going in to write a song or she's picking a song that someone wrote for her. She's not thinking of the 30 year old bald guy who's a dad and a husband in the video. She's probably thinking about my wife. Right? What what song would she like? She's probably thinking about her, but she's not thinking about me. So I said all that to say I am not a Beyonce fan, but when I watched that homecoming documentary, something sparked inside of me to say, Whoa, I don't think I've ever seen this before. I don't know if I've ever seen this before. Now, people say, you know, Michael Jackson's influence is better, and da da, da da. All that's cool, right? Influence is a weird thing because how your story unfolds can determine your influence, right? When you look at the influence between Michael Jordan and LeBron, how Michael Jordan's story unfolded, LeBron will never be able to match that. The position that the NBA was in at the time uh, with Magic and Larry kind of saving the league, the league was barely holding on, Magic and Larry come in and they save the league, and then Jordan comes in and takes the league to the next level, makes it international. He's the first person to have the, the iconic um, logo and branding and the shoe deals and the Gatorade commercials and all that. All that stuff was in a point in time where that we never seen that before. That stuff hadn't happened before. And so for it to it blow up and explode the way that it did, the whole environment, meaning the whole world, was in a position for that to be primed. Now, for anybody to come behind him and do anything close to that, Is more impressive to me because you had to do it after we already seen what Jordan did. That was one of the things that Kobe, rest in peace, uh, he struggled with early in his career. Like, oh, this kid's just being another Michael Jordan. He's doing the same thing, right? LeBron came and elevated that. So to me, that's more impressive. He'll never be more influential, but that's more impressive to me. I think the same conversation goes with Beyonce and Michael Jackson. The things that Michael Jackson did at his time, we have never seen those things before, and now people come behind it. Beyonce's paid homage to Michael Jackson a million times. She probably wouldn't say she's better. I'm saying it, I'm sticking to it. So I said all that to say, Beyonce is the GOAT, number one. Number two, I'm gonna read some of the comments that I still get off this video almost two years later. One week ago, Mr. RJ876, what are you doing? What are you doing, RJ876? probably a dad too he says you should take this down bro period biggest effery ever i'm not gonna say it but you know what he said uh my response to that comment was no (laughs) i'm not gonna take this down i always love when i see that comment like oh you should delete this bro no i'm not gonna delete this i have no problem with saying what i said and leaving it up there and you are commenting on it so that was that was two weeks ago a month ago uh kosovic 14 whoever you are says you're entitled to your own opinion but don't talk about i spoke to him and he told me that's mad disrespectful to a dead person that said beyonce can't hold a candle to michael not even close you're a moron well kosovic let me tell you something i don't care (laughs) I, re- I just really don't care i was thinking about like something clever to say like a w- witty com- I, I just don't care bro like i don't care if you think i'm a moron i'm actually okay with that i'm fine with you thinking that i'm a moron i don't even know you you don't even have a profile picture as far as i'm concerned you're a bot okay you're a bot i don't care um as far as the disrespectful thing listen i tell jokes bro for a while on my social media, I don't know if you guys follow me closely, which I don't think anybody follows me this close. But but if you did, for a while it was like a it was like a month period of time where I changed all of my all of my bios on my social media accounts and I, it just wrote it's just jokes. Like that's all it is. It's a joke. No, I haven't talked to Michael Jackson. But even if I did, I don't think you would be the person to say, "Don't say that." Right? If Tito said it, maybe. Jermaine, maybe marlon maybe Reeby, probably not probably wouldn't listen to reby but what i'm saying is i don't care bro it's a joke lighten up okay let me read another one um this is from kind splash 21 now one one important thing about this hate mail from kind splash 21 kind splash has michael jackson as their profile picture on youtube So I think that's important to say. I think that's very important to say. Uh, This comment says, bro, stop. His hair caught on fire. Plus Beyonce said to herself that no one is touching Michael. So stop saying stuff she doesn't even agree with. First of all, I'm not here to agree with Beyonce. I don't care what she says. When you're in that position, you can't say that. You can't say I'm the best, right? Bragadocio is something that doesn't really work in the R&B world or even in the music world in general, outside of the track, right? You can't just come out and say, Kevin Hart will never say I'm better than Richard Pryor. Right. Dave Chappelle's never going to come out and say, I'm I'm greater than Richard Pryor. Right. You can all think that he is and he can let you say that. Perfect example. When the Lakers won the championship, they asked LeBron about his respect comment and asked him, where does he feel like he fall into the goat debate? He's not going to say it. He says, I wear 23 because of MJ. So I'm going to let you guys debate that. They're not going to say it. So just because she doesn't say it doesn't mean I can't say it, bro, because I can. I will. And I am. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I'm always interested by the points people make to try to prove their point. Think about that for a second. There's a point that you're trying to prove. So you use a point that thinks, oh, I'm really going to get him with this one. You said, well, his hair caught on fire. How is that a W for him? (laughs) If anything, that makes him a worse performer. Now, if you know the details of the story, Michael Jackson was performing in a commercial for one of the one of the coke uh products. Now here I say if you know the details of the story like I knew and now I don't know. Uh what was it? Pepsi or Coke? I don't know. Probably happened before I was born. And I'm imagining you too. Um <laughs> He was performing and they wanted to have these these pyrotechnics, fireworks going off. And according to what I've seen is they were going to just have them in the back but they decided to have him on every step. So as he came down the steps and did his moves, they were shooting off, and one got in that jerry curl. And you know that jerry curl, in the words of Deion Sanders, it looked wet, but it was dry. That jerry curl, it caught on into that and burnt his hair up, right? Very sad thing. Wouldn't wish that on anybody. Probably not even Michael's fault. How does that make him a better performer than Beyonce? (laughs) How? (laughs) Yeah, Beyonce never got her hair caught on fire. That's a good for her. That's a plus for her. It's like, well, he's a better stuntman than Evil Knievel because he got hurt doing it. Well, that, I don't think that. I think you're proving my point. I think you're going against yourself there. So, those are some hate mail. I don't understand why uh, this video is so, so popular on YouTube with the comments. I'll read one more. Uh, why is this even on YouTube? The difference between MJ and Beyonce, in part from the obvious talent and genius behind a man who brought the world together uh as one no pun intended okay uh is that mj is the kind of person that will sit next to a total stranger and tell them why they are better than him mj was a gift to all mankind beyonce is just a booty with a voice well again another point for me because mike didn't have the jelly like beyonce does i'm just gonna be (laughs) i'm just gonna be honest black mike white mike no nose mike i don't care what mike you want to put up against beyonce that counts for something i mean that isn't that a part of what makes something a a good performance and i'm done with hating though now we're gonna move on but isn't that a part of something that makes a good performance is it visually appeasing to look at and if we want to be honest mike wasn't go on youtube right now and search Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 30th anniversary, or Michael Jackson 30th anniversary. There was times where it looked like he was performing and holding his nose together to keep it from falling off. Did you see when he was like, it's like, oh, he's cuffing the mic. He doesn't, it's a, it's a, it's an ear mic. It's right there. He doesn't have to cuff it. I think he's pushing the nose meat back on the bone, the little bit that he has left. All I'm saying is Michael's is the greatest dancer of all time uh amazing vocals i don't think his vocals are better than beyonce's either uh amazing vocals but i mean which one which one would you rather look at man or woman that's another thing too right they, they brought up beyonce's booty that's cool but it's women that walk past the mirror and try to position themselves in a way to look like Beyonce. <laughs> It's women, they point out specific parts of their body to say, oh, I got that Beyonce calf going on. I got that Beyonce calf. Ain't nobody ever did that with Mike. Ain't nobody said I got the Mike elbow. Ain't nobody ever said, oh, look at this, look at this toe right here. I got the mic. You see how I'm leaning on the toe? You see how I'm leaning on it? The... Don't nobody say that? So all I'm saying is when it comes to inspiration and it comes to aspiration, that's another thing. Look at the life Beyonce's living. I don't think anybody ever wanted Michael Jackson's life outside of Peter Pan and Macaulay Culkin. I'm going to be honest. Like, I think those are the only people that looked at Mike's life and said, yeah, I want that. I think most people looked at Mike's life and said, nah, that look crazy over there. Never Neverland, all oh, that look crazy. I don't I don't want that. I don't want, you know, most people don't even want their own kids, let alone somebody else's kids over the house. But well, we're going to leave all of that alone. Uh, that's hate mail. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. Uh, moving on to... uh. Two-word reviews. Now, I started this thing a couple of, uh, I was going to say a couple of episodes ago, which kind of it was, but it was also a year ago, <laughs> a couple of months ago, a year ago, um, where I would review albums in two words, because one of the things I love listening to is music. I haven't listened to any music lately that I felt like was worth a review, but <laughs> I have watched a movie that I felt it was worth a review. So for the first time on this show, we're going to do a two-word movie review. Now the movie that we have picked to review is the movie Soul on Disney Plus put out by Pixar. Now first of all, I have to say round of applause to the crew at Disney Plus because I love the content they're putting out on there. We watch we decide to watch things on Disney Plus, even though we have them other places, it just seems better to watch a Disney movie on Disney Plus. You know what I mean? Like we could have watched Home Alone a bunch of places. I own it. We could have just played it from there. But I watched on Disney Plus, but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. They put this movie out with a great cast, but it's starring Jamie Foxx, who I love. I'm a big fan of Jamie Foxx, and the movie is called Soul. Now, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you have not seen this movie, I would suggest pausing the podcast, going to watch it, or skipping forward a few minutes after I give my review, because in my review, I will be giving spoilers, so make sure that you've seen the movie, or if you're like me, You can kind of tell me because I don't really care. Right. I don't really care. Okay. Here is my two word movie review for the movie, the Disney movie soul. Weird holes. Now you can put those two words together. Weird holes or you could take them separately. Weird and holes. Now, I have to say this. Disney's movies, as with every other movie, they have a point that they're trying to get across to you, right? When someone sits down and they write down a movie, they write the script or the screenplay or whatever, they're trying to get across a certain message or a certain point. And most kids' movies, those points are very simple, right? And the point to this movie was live in the moment and enjoy life. That's a simple point, right? And you could kind of see from the beginning that was gonna be the point because Jamie's character I think his name in the movie was joe his character was just all about the hustle and bustle of life and he was center focused on this one thing and you could tell that he wasn't enjoying anything else around him you centered on this one thing right so i'm never judging a movie based off of whether i think the the home run point or the end point the overall moral of the story is good or not that's cool but when i hear people saying, oh this is a great movie this is a great movie they're talking about the moral of the story and that's cool What I'm more interested in is the journey that it takes to get to the moral of the story. Like, what's the path? What's the adventure that we take to lead us to this point? And that's where it starts to fall apart for me. First of all, I didn't know the dude was going to be dead the whole movie, basically. But was he? That's another thing. Like, he was basically like he 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 came out opening credits. You know, he's in he's teaching this this class and he's great. And then da 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 da. Then he falls into a sewer. And here's where the holes part comes in. He falls into the sewer and we assume he's dead because he's in a place that looks like heaven. As a matter of fact, he's on the the escalator to go to the great beyond, is which is what they call it. And they're on this escalator to heaven, the great beyond. By the way, let me set the scene for you. This is uh, the Sunday after Christmas. We couldn't watch it on Christmas Day because we were in vacation in the mountains and it was crazy. But this is the Sunday after Christmas. We're sitting now as a family, all six of us. We're ready to watch Soul. And I'm thinking this is going to be a great movie for my kids to watch because everybody's been recommending it, saying that it's great. And hidden seeing it on Twitter, group chat, Instagram, whatever. It's great. So we're watching this movie. He dies, so we think and he goes to the great beyond. When he gets there and he's running backwards, he ends up in the great before, which is this area where souls begin and they get their personalities before they're sent to earth, right? And they have to get all their personalities plus their spark before they can go to earth. And so in the great before, he runs into this problematic kid or whatever, this problematic soul it has been there for a thousand years soul number 22 and he's basically using her to get his life back to go back to his life and they find out in in that moment that he's not dead he's actually in a hospital bed still alive so pause if he's not dead why is his soul in the great Beyond already or heading to the great Beyond does that mean he's about to die or that's a hole for me I don't know what that is and when you look around at the characters up there, These guys just look weird. I don't want to use the word, like, satanic, but this looks weird. You know, and and I've seen weird characters before. I'm thinking about uh, the movie uh, Hercules. You know, it was some weird-looking characters, but these guys are like ghosts with long nose. It was just weird. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. So then he he's he realizes he's not dead so he finds a way to get back into his body but they switch him you know the bodies uh, ends up going into a cat and the soul that he was trying to utilize to get back to his body she ends up going to him and she ends up you know being him so that's pretty much the plot of the movie and while seeing his life through her eyes he starts to develop and understand what life is really about and how you can just enjoy the small things like a slice of pizza or A flower falling from a tree and just the sunlight and the the smell on a subway and all these different things then in the end of the movie he decides that he's going to go into the zone and go back to give the earth pass that he stole from 22 back to her here's where it starts to fall apart even more for me First of all, he went into a trance. He didn't die. He went into the trance playing the piano. When they got when he got back to the great before to find 22, and she's a lost soul at this point, they acted as if he couldn't just wake back up out of his trance, like they did with the Knicks basketball player or like they did with uh, the other people that they knocked out of their trances. They could have easily knocked him out of his trance. Then when he gave her her earth pass back, and this is not gonna make any sense if you haven't seen this movie. Uh, I'm not doing. I don't think I'm doing a bad job of explaining it. It just sounds bad because it was bad. It was just weird in this way that it had a lot of holes in the the storyline that uh you you wouldn't be able to pull together. And I know you're thinking it's a kids movie. I'm gonna get to that in a second. So he goes back. He gives her her Earth Pass back. But now, for some reason, he has to stay there because he doesn't have an Earth Pass. Now, if I'm looking at this entire universe that you've established. Everyone, every soul before you go to Earth has an Earth pass. That means that if he was on Earth, he still has his own Earth pass. Right? So the fact that he needed her Earth pass was already weird to me because he has his own and he's not dead. So he should have no problem going back to his body, especially when he's just in a trance because he's in the zone from playing the piano. So he doesn't get to go back to his body. They send him out to die. And there's a twist in there at the end. But then she gets to go down and she gets to enjoy life and the story goes on and it just kind of it just kind of ends there. It's very weird. I was so surprised seeing so many people saying this is a great Disney movie, because here's what I normally think of when I think about great Disney movies. Great Disney movies are layered right? There's an element in there that if you're a kid and you're six years old and you watch this movie, you're going to laugh, you're going to uh, enjoy it, you're going to feel good about it, and then you're going to leave and you're going to get, you know, a small point out of the movie. And then if you're an adult, you're going to enjoy it, not at the same level as a kid, but there are going to be some deeper hidden meanings things in there or hidden jokes or some jokes that you get but your kid doesn't get that makes the movie enjoyable for you too. A perfect example of this, this is not a Disney movie, it's not a movie at all, but uh, the TV show Spongebob. I remember when my daughter first started watching Spongebob, there were some jokes that were being made on there, and I was kind of like, what? What? And then I realized that, like, she wasn't picking up on these jokes. <laughs> my I have a, my oldest daughter. She's 14 now. She uh, used to watch Grease all the time as a kid. She loves musicals. She liked the music. You know, tell me more. Tell me more. All of that stuff, right? Just yesterday, she said, I'm starting to realize what Grease was about, like what was going on with, between the boys and the girls, like exactly (laughs) that's why i let you watch it because i knew you weren't going to pick up on this stuff with this movie soul that element doesn't really exist what i mean by that is this disney movie cartoon you're automatically thinking it's for kids everybody's recommending it to me when i realized that everybody that was recommending it to me for the most part didn't have kids or they had kids that weren't old enough to really watch the movie they were recommending it because them, as an adult, enjoyed it. Because as an adult, you need the reminder to sit back and enjoy life. No kid needs that reminder. No kid needs the reminder to, huh, "I need to sit back and enjoy life." Sometimes, man, it's going crazy. I got bills and everything going. No. So first of all, if you're gonna watch this movie, you haven't watched it. You're still watching this review, which I don't know why you. This is not a kid's movie. This is not a movie your kids should watch. My son. When the movie was over, he was like, all right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> that was his exact reaction. It's like, I'm going to bed. Like, I don't know what I just watched. It was kind of weird. I'm sleepy now. I'm just going to go to sleep. My youngest daughter, who's eight years old, was just like, okay, guys, bye. I'm going to go play. She went back to watching YouTube and TikTok, which is what she does every day. It just didn't connect. It didn't hit. It's not a kid's movie at all. I understand why it would be for adults but if you're gonna make a kids movie for adults you gotta tighten up some of those holes in there that's why i said it was weird and it had these holes in it because you clearly didn't make this movie for kids the kids don't need that moral of the story just some of the things are kind of more complex and i think most kids can comprehend and then the the big takeaway is not something that a kid has a problem with But if you're going to do that and you're going to open up this universe, you need to be able to stitch all the holes together to make it believable to an adult if that's your intended audience. So that's my two-word movie review of the movie soul. Weird holes. Just weird holes. A weird movie in general. I think a weird human being had to sit down and write that. I think a weird human being had to sit down and write that. And I get that, you know... I don't know. It it is a great message. We do need to slow down and enjoy life. We do need to learn how to enjoy the simple things. And kids are really good at that. And I think that was one thing they did well in the movie is they... It took a kid, even though it was an old soul, (laughs) it took a kid for him to realize that he needed to slow down and enjoy life and take um, advantage of every precious moment that he has because you never know when it's going to leave. I get all that. But a kid doesn't need... The kid already knows that. I... I don't know you're me with this one i love jamie i love disney plus soul was a good movie i guess but not the movie for me i won't be watching it again okay <laughs> let's go into our deep dive of the episode uh, this is the part of the show where we talk a little bit more at length about some things that uh has been on my mind and really i want to pose a question to the audience so the question is about preferential treatment and Here's the question. If you are a celebrity or an athlete, which a lot of times these days, especially those, those go hand in hand, do you deserve preferential treatment? I remember hearing, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld talk about how when he goes places, people offer him preferential treatment and he has no problem taking advantage of it. Whereas the other celebrity, I think this is on Comedians and Cars and Coffee, uh, the other celebrity had a problem and they're like, I don't want to take advantage of, you know, star." And Jerry's words were this. And it made me laugh. He says he went up to a restaurant and all the parking spots were full up front. And there was a guy up front who saw Jerry trying to find a parking space. And he said, you know, I'll get my car and move mine far and walk so you can park right there. And the other comedian was like, there's no way I would have did that. I would have parked far, or went to a different restaurant or whatever. Jerry says, no, I did a lot for this guy over the last 30 years. This guy hasn't done anything for me. And so I'm going to take that parking spot. And I thought it was hilarious, but that's his way of saying when people are in the entertainment business or a celebrity or an athlete, they do provide a lot to the general public as it relates to escapism, especially if you're a huge fan of them. I should put that caveat in there, right? Because- I'm sure there's a great race car driver or a tennis player or something that I just I'm not aware of. He's not providing me anything. But when you think about uh, someone like a comedian like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, and you think about all the work that he's done and contributed to, he's probably done a lot for that guy to be excited enough to want to do that. But is it right? Is it fair that certain celebrities or people people get to a certain status and they deserve preferential treatment there's a couple stories lately in the news over the last couple of weeks or so revolving around the NBA uh specifically James Harden and the Los Angeles Clippers Paul George and Kawhi Leonard now I have to say this I have to give you this disclaimer I do not like James Harden (laughs) let me say this again I do not like James Harden now let me clarify that statement It's not that I don't like him as a person. I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't know anything about him. I don't like him as a basketball player. And I don't like the way the system treats him as a basketball player. Because here's what I believe. And here are my, my, my two favorite players of all time, Reggie Miller and Kobe Bryant. Two things about those guys. They worked hard and they both wanted to win the right way. They worked very hard. They were loyal to their franchises but they both wanted to win the right way. And so they were ready to play whatever brand of basketball it took for them to play the right way. If you saw Kobe in the early years and even in the middle a little bit in between the, the Shaq and era and the Paul Gasol era, there was a certain way he played basketball you knew just wasn't going to be conducive to championships. And I think he knew that too. He was trying to will his team to a victory. He just didn't have the help. If you look at early Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's not my favorite player. I'm a, I'm a Pacers and Lakers uh, fan, and so he beat both of those teams on the way to championships. I'm never going to root for Michael Jordan or the Chicago Bulls or the Boston Celtics, for that matter. But when you look at the way that he did things, he understood that the Doug Collins style of basketball, where he was scoring champ and dunk champ and all that, that was cool, but it wasn't conducive to championships. For some strange reason, James Harden doesn't get that point. Like, what you're doing is cool, it looks good, it's fancy, you're proficient at scoring, but it ain't going to win no championship, bro. It's not going to win a championship at all. But he's getting all the rewards he would get if he won a championship. Think about the time in the NBA, or in any league for that matter, where to get your big payday, you had to prove something. You had to take your team deep into the playoffs. You have to make a finals appearance. Right now, if Jimmy Butler got a ridiculous contract, a James Harden-style contract, which I think Jimmy is already under a great contract, but if he got a James Harden-style contract, I wouldn't be mad at that. He drugged that team to the finals and had them compete on a certain level with LeBron, AD, and the Lakers, which they had no business in that series or even in that finals if you ask Giannis or if you ask Boston, right? So I'm okay with that. What has James done on any level to prove that he's worth a signature shoe, that he's worth $300 million or whatever the money is, that he's worth to be a franchise player with all this uh, publicity and all this preferential treatment? He's done nothing, and he's shown that he can't work with anybody. When your best friend that you grew up with that you played ball with your whole life comes to play with you for a year and says, yo... This is crazy. I'm out. James is late again. I'm out. I can't deal with this culture. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Houston Rockets guard James Harden has uh, has been getting some preferential treatment from the Rockets. He's been getting championship treatment with second round playoff results, second round loss playoff results. That's what he's been getting. He's been getting uh, NBA champion treatment, even though he's an NBA MVP that loses in the second round every year. Uh, There are times where uh, the team bus had to wait on him or uh, he would be late to practice or not show up to practice at all or not show up to film at all to the point where it was disrupting practices. Uh, According to ESPN's team Tim McMahon, I'm I'm a thousand percent for sure I messed that up. According to ESPN's Tim M, (laughs) sources close to the team said Harden has often been granted permission to take a day off when there are two or three days between games. In those instances, Harden is known to charter a private jet to Las Vegas and other cities in order to party. Harden also receives an excused absence for for the first practice after All-Star break every year so he can party as well. Now, I know what you're thinking if you love Harden. Wait a minute. I just watched the last dance and they did the same thing for Dennis Rodman. True. What's the difference between Dennis Rodman and James Harden? Dennis Rodman has championships before the party in Vegas. He won a championship in Detroit. He came and won some in, in Chicago as well. And Dennis Robin is an anomaly. He's not the rule. He's He, he was the exception to the rule because it, it was working. They were winning championships. And so, yeah, if we're winning championships this is what you need to do, go do it. But when you're not pulling your weight, when you're not putting your work in, when you're not getting the results that you want to get, you don't have time to be partying. Think about when Magic Johnson lost the championship uh, when he missed those free throws, and he was tragic. Johnson. The only time you saw him that summer was in the gym working. This is the great five championships. I think he went to the final seven or eight times. Magic Johnson. This is Irving Magic Johnson. So if he didn't take those liberties, why do you think James Harden should take those liberties? And it's not about the preferential treatment. Here's my stance on preferential treatment. I'm okay with preferential treatment. Uh, I love the saying, "You can be who you be who you can afford to be," right? There was a story that I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but there was a uh, I heard a couple people say it, a couple celebrities say it that could know if it was true. I think most recently Charles Barkley said it, but uh, there was a rookie that fell asleep during film on the Cowboys team, the Cowboy great Cowboys team back in the '90s, and the coach came over and uh, after the film session and Cuddy released him from the team. He so hey, if you don't want to work here, if you don't want to stay awake in film sessions, we're going to get you out of here. Right? And the rookie says, "Wait a minute. Emmett falls asleep all the time. What if it would have been Emmett or Troy Aikman or whoever? What if what if what if Marvin Marvin uh I can't think Michael Michael Irvin. What if he would have fell asleep in the film session? So, oh, I would have woke those guys up. We we need those guys on the team. You're a rookie, you just got here. We've been we've been successful without. We don't need you. Right? And That's my problem with James Harden. How have you earned preferential treatment to be able to miss practices whenever you want to? Not for rest. That's another important distinction. I'm sure that LeBron misses practice for rest. I'm sure that the guys back in the day just, you know, I'm going to take a couple days off for rest. I need to clear my head or whatever. But for you to go party, for you to go be at a strip club, and here's the thing, right? COVID's going on. We're in a we're in a global pandemic. This guy, James Harden, gets caught on camera in a strip club. You know what his response is? The same thing every husband would say if that happened to them. That wasn't me. I wasn't in no strip club. <laughs> we see you on camera. No, that, that wasn't no strip club. Okay, I don't care if it was a garage. If it was strippers there taking their clothes off and twerking on you, you was at the strip club. Imagine using that excuse as a husband <laughs> and the NBA is your wife, right? He's married to the NBA. Imagine using that excuse saying, No, no, that wasn't no strip club. We, we we was at we was at uh the Arby's. Okay, you're at Arby's, cool. But the girl is stripping. Anytime you're somewhere and somebody starts stripping, you are now at a strip club. <laughs> That's the the way that it goes. So I don't think James Harden deserves the preferential treatment that he is getting. Although I do believe in preferential treatment. Some of the things that they're saying about him, you know, if the Lakers gave LeBron that option, which he probably has, I wouldn't be mad at the fact that he has it. But how you use it, I think, is also important. In the stories that I've read, it seems like James Harden, along with (laughs) the Clippers, you know, the Clippers going to clip along with Kawhi Leonard canceling practices and Paul George canceling practices or not showing up or making the the team plane or team bus wait for them for hours to be able to show up along with those things. I think it's important on how you use those things. If the team buses or the team plane is about to leave and LeBron's not there, which I don't think ever happens. Are they going to wait for him? Yes. But do you make that a habit? Absolutely no. Let me read to you from cbsports.com what uh, has been reported that happens with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, they have received some extra perks. And some of these things, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm fine with. Uh, Leonard and George were the only players to have their own personal security guards and trainers. Don't see a problem with that. They're special people. They deserve that special treatment. Uh, I don't think that the same person that's getting Patrick Beverly ready for the game is probably going to be getting Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. I need this work now with you with me now. Right. Uh, I don't think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have the same anonymity as the 12th person on the bench as you know, on, on the Clippers team. I don't think so. So I'm fine with that. Leonard and George had power over the team's practice and travel schedule. Leading teammates to believe Leonard canceled multiple practices. Now that is nuts. (laughs) That is insane. And these are the types of cultures when you look at the Clippers and when you look at the Rockets, those are the type of cultures that never win. If you have a toxic culture, you cannot win. Ask the Knicks. As the Knicks, it wasn't that someone has been disrupting their soul when they get in a trance, right? It's been the fact that the culture from James Dolan down has been toxic for so many years. Uh, Leonard was allowed to live in San Diego and commute from there, which often made him late for team flights. Again, Kobe had a similar setup for that, but Kobe wasn't late. Kobe was beating everybody in the gym. First one to show up, last one to leave, right? So I think it's about when you receive this preferential treatment if you've earned it. And I would say Kawhi more than PG has earned it. I would say that it's about how you use that preferential treatment. Um, I don't think Paul George, I think Paul George is in the same category as uh James Harden. In fact, I would put James Harden a step over Paul George because I think James Harden has accomplished more in his time in the NBA than uh Paul George has. I don't think Paul George has ever been to a finals. He for certain didn't take us there when he was here with the Pacers, right? Um, there was a conversation before about whether, I don't know if you guys can even see this on camera, if you're watching this on YouTube, whether it was going to be Danny Granger's team or Paul George's team. I just think that's a funny conversation, but I would put, I will put Paul George, uh, step under James Harden, but they're still in the same boat. One sitting closer to the front, but they're still in the same boat. They're still in the, I haven't won a championship, but I want championship treatment. So my overall take on preferential treatment is this. Some people deserve it. Some people have worked themselves in a position to where they need special treatment in order to just be able to survive. If you told me, hey, I want to take my family to go to watch a movie and you said, hey, we can't watch this movie because Dave Chappelle bought off the theater and he's just going to watch it with him and his wife and his kids. I mean mean, will suck for me and my kids, but OK, it's Dave Chappelle. He can't just go to the movies and sit next to me and watch. I'm going to pick his brain for the whole hour or two hours we're in there. He's never going to watch the movie. I get it. I get it. That's preferential treatment that makes sense. But if you told me that comedian that just won the open mic contest did that, no, we're going to have a problem. I don't care about this guy. I don't even know what he looks like. I don't even reckon he hasn't done anything. And I feel James Harden is in that case. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. And you can add up the triple doubles and the stats and MVP. Okay, cool. What did, did you win something? If it doesn't result in a win and you're clearly the problem, your style of basketball has never won an NBA championship. If Chris Paul can't play with you and your buddy that you grew up with, your best friend that you played together in OKC with, he is even running away from you. There's probably a problem with you, bro. You're probably the issue. So I'm cool with preferential treatment. I just really want people to earn the preferential treatment. What have you done to earn this? LeBron James, He has earned it and he gets it. I don't think he abuses it. Anthony Davis, he earned it. He gets it. I don't think he abuses it. I think they have a great culture over there in LA, which they've been the, the you know, the laughing stock of the NBA since Kobe retired and even in those years right before he retired. I'm a real Lakers fan, so I watched the Smush Parker and DJ uh, Mbanga years and all that. I watched all those years. I watched Andrew Bynum almost kill JJ Barea and take his shirt off and leave the floor. Like I seen all of that, right? And so I think there was times where it was a little toxic up there, and the the, the family had to figure out, you know, was Genie Bus or one of the Bus brothers is gonna run it. And I think they landed in the right spot. I think they cleaned things up. You know, unfortunately they had to let go of Magic, but I think that they got the right culture over there where this toxicity, ooh. Ooh, vocab word of the day. Toxicity. I don't even know how you spell that. It's like toxicity, right? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the toxic nature of the organization, I think, has been pushed out to the side, and that's why they can be successful. And so uh, I'm not going to do my NBA prediction for this year, but I will uh, do that at a later time. But I think the Clippers are not going to be the team everybody thinks they are. They just lost by 50 to the Mavs. I don't know if Kawhi wasn't playing, but I don't think if you take Anthony Davis or LeBron out that they were losing by 50 to the Mavericks on any night, on any occasion, regardless of circumstances. I just don't think it's going to happen. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode up In My Own Words. Make sure you rate and review this podcast if you're listening to it on Spotify or Apple or any other podcast platform. I also would very much appreciate it if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscription button uh, there below. And if you're watching this or listening to this on Spotify or any other audio based platform, make sure you check the link in the description. I will see you guys next time. We're going to do this kind of like a special episode. I think we're going to start doing the episodes on uh, to come out on Mondays. So uh, stay tuned for that. But keep those notifications on and we'll be back next time. See you guys. Peace.